We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. As always, we appreciate Manfred Joss from MMA Lock of the Night for joining us here on Tapped Out. Welcome back into the BetQL Network with my producer, Jake, and my co-host, Brendan. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. And guys, if you've got it anywhere close to you, uh, pull out your crystal ball. Now would be the time to do that because we're going to UFC into the future. See what I did there? We're going to UFC this thing on into the future. So look into your crystal ball. We've got some odds for fights that are either already lined up or we think are going to happen. Let's go ahead and start with Michael Chandler versus Dustin Poirier. Chandler comes in at plus 145. Dustin Poirier as a minus 170 favorite. I was looking at the pound-for-pound rankings earlier today because obviously they moved around after Usman lost. The new number one, no surprise, Volkanovski. But uh, Poirier still in the top 10. I know you like him in this fight. Are you surprised that he's not a bigger favorite than a minus 170? Uh, no, I'm not I'm not surprised because I think that in a fight like this, it's not like Dustin Poirier has some you know grand grappling advantage. I think that be, this is going to be a firefight. And I think that that is always going to leave room for Michael Chandler to be able to win the fight. So I don't dismiss Michael Chandler's ability to go and get a win here, but I don't think that there's really anybody in the sport better at wars than Dustin Poirier. Like when, when the, when the, the bullets are flying the most, he seems to come out on top. It's usually typically when a guy has a grand grappling advantage or can pull off some kind of submission after he's exhausted, that's when you got to worry about the vulnerability of Dustin Poirier. But when you're talking about, you know, the absolute throwdowns, whether it be Dan Hooker or Eddie Alvarez or Conor McGregor or Justin Gaethje, he's that that that's his playpen. And I, I think that's that's why he is the uh, the the rightful favorite in this one. We should do that on the show sometime when it comes to getting in the firefights. Who does it the best? Because. I would argue that Chandler might actually be, I'm not saying he wins them all the time, but he's willing to get in them. And then I'd probably even put Gaethje ahead of Poirier. Not to say that Poirier is not willing to throw down. He's definitely willing to meet you in the middle of the octagon. This is ending in a knockout. I don't know who it's going to be. That's kind of why I want to play Chandler as an underdog. Even the fights that he's lost, think about his fight versus the champion, Charles Oliveira. He had his moments. Like Michael Chandler to me just feels, maybe we feel different about him. Maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe it's the Bellator background. I don't know why you hate him, but man, I'm telling you, like to me, it feels like he's this close. This close. I don't understand how. How is it that I just said he has a chance in the fight, and I'm even looked upon that I hate him? I'm saying you didn't that take Dustin Poirier. You could have taken Dustin, him. You could have taken Dustin. Poirier. There's two guys in the fight. I said, which one do you like? Very silly right now. You just said that you like oh. Justin Gaethje as a better fighter in the war. You know that Dustin Poirier and Gaethje had a war, and 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 Dustin Poirier won that fight. He, he knocked him out. I'm he aware. stopped him. So I just I, yeah. I think I think if anybody's disrespecting anybody, it kind of feels like you're disrespecting Dustin Poirier. And I mean, I'm no doctor okay. or scientist here, but I think no. I can come to the end of that conclusion here where if anybody feels like they're being disrespectful, I got to be honest with you. It feels like you are. Doctor, scientist, you're hardly even a radio host. Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine, Jake Noerker here on the BetQL Network talking about what we UFC happening here into the future. Brandon Moreno and Davidson Figueroa, the flyweights, go at it for the, what is this going to be? One, two, three. Are we at four now when it comes to Figueroa versus Moreno? Right now, Brandon Moreno comes into this one 
as depending on where you bet, maybe a slight favorite. It's essentially a pick 'em. Which side are you taking? I like Moreno. I just think that I, I I love the heart that he fights with. I feel like he's just such a he's such a tough dog, like going away in these things. So I get the I, I, Davis is certainly dangerous. And is I mean, look, these guys are about as even as it gets. So I don't, sure. I, I can get the argument for either one of them, but I just like Moreno's, I don't know, just like his, his, his ability to pull things out late, you know, that, that extra ability to go finish uh, with a submission or something like that. To me, that, that is just the, the, the one maybe deviating factor upon, you know, guys who basically are good at everything and know each other better than everything. You want to talk about a guy that's good at everything. You got to talk about Charles Dubronx Oliveira. He'll be taking on Islam Makachev for his next, I, I was going to call the title defense, but I, and you're going to tell me, well, yeah, he didn't make weight. We don't need to get into that silly argument again. So I guess technically it it's, title. It, but, but, but it is for the belt. So if he wins, then he it gets is, but the it's belt not his back title. all is right with the world. Okay. Is he going to get the title back? Does he win that fight? By the way, oh, as far as the odds, that's a good right, question. They don't think so. That's the question. That's the question. Uh, the is he going to get his? Is he going to get his stripped title back for being a fat? Yes. I that will say question. yes. I think he. I, I like him for a couple of reasons. One, I think having the value in one of the best pound for pound fighter in the planet. I think that is a. Uh, I think that's a that's a great play for anybody here. Um, you know him as a dog. I don't know how he keeps ending up on the wrong side of these odds because everybody just seems to overlook him um you know we've talked in this show like these massive grapplers these guys from dagestan why the bookies like them so much is because like we saw basically with the usman leon edwards fight you know, could pick him up you could take him down you could basically win the entire round but i just think that charles charles Oliveira is a swiss army knife he's got great ways to win all over the place you know to to to, to look at that and not see the value in that um i think it's kind of crazy now maybe there are huge makachev fans out there like i'm never going to get him this close uh ever again because after he wins this fight against Oliveira, he's going to be starting to be like minus 500 in every fight but i just think Oliveira is too good and i'm not I, i've i've learned my lesson much like it did against dustin poirier who i thought was going to beat Oliveira. i learned my lesson maybe you should too and so therefore i'm going to go with Oliveira uh beating islam unmute, you yourself. unmute yourself jake Jake's trying to pop on in here. Here we go. Rookie all move on, here. Hey, you know, I just, okay. I came in saying, I was just gonna... like the Eagles in practice this week, dude. Uh, practice talking about practice, still practice, not the game, but practice anyways. Um, no, no, no. You started off uh, talking smack on Charles Oliveira, not being champ, but then you actually said something I agree with. I think he's going to beat Islam too. I said this on the show before. I don't see many avenues for Islam to win. Uh, I see Charles beat, winning on the feet. His BJJ on the ground is just too much. I don't see Islam being able to hold him down and ground and pound him the entire fight. So, yeah, I think the odds are disrespectful. And Charles Open is like a plus 195, and now he's down to like a plus 170, 165. So. I want to understand you two because you're you're both too adorable, two scoops of adorable. Um, Thank you. How is, saying, how is saying a fact talking smack? He's not the champion. But you're not talking about his skill, though. You're talking about 0.5 pounds, you know? I'm talking about the status. You have one rule as the champion of the world. Make the weight you're the champion of the world of. I would just leave okay. that fact out of the podcast, you know? Just By not even way, mention the status. Te 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 technically, I think it was like 0.2 or 0.3 pounds that this guy's getting all up in arms about. Be but point he is right. He is right. 
there are rules. He broke one of them. Fortunately, Dana and the promotion realized it. That's silly. And they're going to give him pay-per-view points. And they're going to give him a chance to get his belt back right away. I just tend to disagree with what you guys are saying. I think you guys make plenty of good points and didn't even bring up the one that I think is probably the most obvious, which is the jump up in competition, right? Islam technically, even though he's supposed to have faced up against a couple of guys in the top 10, it hasn't happened. So what happens when he gets up against a guy that right now is number three, I believe, in the world when it comes to pound for pound rankings in Bronx? I'm very surprised, even though I remember BT saying like probably three, four months ago that I think if we saw this get together, that there's a chance that the champion would be the underdog. He shouldn't be a two to one underdog. Like it's crazy these lines that we're seeing. It's crazy that Hamzad is a minus 1,200 against Nate. It's crazy that Cyril Gan next week is almost a minus 700 in some books. Like, what happened? Did, did our sport become boxing all of a sudden? Look, I, the Gan one definitely, sh- it, it strikes me just because I feel like we have seen that he is a flawed fighter. He is not the the perfect, you know, elusive heavyweight that everybody was making him out to be. Hamzad versus Nate, I kind of get. Like, I get, you know, yes, maybe he showed some gas tank vulnerability, but Nate has not looked, let's be honest about Nate Diaz, dude. He has not looked good in a fight in a very long time. Like, all this, you know, everybody here, you know, taking shots at Masvidal. Masvidal wiped the floor with him, and and it wasn't really close. Leon Edwards wiped the floor with him outside of one punch. You know, this is not a guy who's looked very competitive at mixed martial arts in a very long time, and Hamzat... Maybe people think he could be the champion of not only this weight class, but the next weight class. So maybe he's unproven, but I kind of get those odds as opposed to the gone tied to Ivasa one. By the way, for whatever reason, Hamzad was the next one to fight Leon. And when I say whatever way, obviously we can see the path. He takes out Nate and then he gets the title shot. If Uthman was to take or need a little bit of time off, producer Jake actually found us the odds for this. Leon would be a plus 235 underdog against Hamzad. In a title fight, Hamza would be a minus 275. I I don't know. Like, I know I just saw Leon beat the pound-for-pound pound goat, the, the Leon uh, uh, Kamaru Usman, but it just feels like Hamza would be a terrible matchup for anybody, including Leon. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, look, the guy – go ahead, Vajig. I, I was just going to say I'm confused because Hamza I, right now is a, it opens as a favorite over Usman. So why would his odds be, be less than – Usman's odds against like in the rematch, you know, because Usman's coming in as a minus three twenty-five, Hamzat's only a minus two seventy-five, but then Hamzat's like a minus one twenty-five favorite over Usman right now. So I don't, I don't understand those odds. I would think Hamzat's like a minus four hundred here. If you're not, it's going to be interesting. By the way, the rematch, the rematch numbers, real quick. PT Usman versus Leon. Usman would be a favorite, and that's to be expected. He did dominate the fight. Let's not kid ourselves or the listening audience here on the BetQL network. That wasn't really a close fight. For the argument that you think it was a a Doug Flutie-type Hail Mary at the end, it was a head kick that everybody throws up in the fifth round when they're losing. Those very rarely connect, and they even rarely, less more whatever the hell it would be, you know, it's never in, in that situation. Like you were saying earlier, BT, a, a fight that was that one-sided, to end that way, I-, I can honestly say I've never really seen. Like, you could talk about Ronda getting kicked in the head. Heck, you can go back to Dominic Cruz getting kicked in the face just a couple of weeks ago. Those weren't one-sided five-round fights where the guy or gal that lost and it was, was the one who was dominating. So I was asking Manfred earlier on his list of, I can't believe that just happened moments as a UFC fan. I got to tell you, man, I think that's number one for me. I don't have a big argument for you there, man. Like I've, I've, it took, it, it's taken days for me to even wrap my mind around what happened in that bout. 
Um, and just knowing of the status of the fighter too, like because of we know how good Kamara was, this guy was fighting the ghost of George St. Pierre also. And for that to happen to him, it's hard to compute. It's not enough. It's not just the the status of the upset. It's the status of the fighter, and for something for him to have that kind of a mess up, very very nuts. We've talked about a lot where Usman goes next. Let's talk about also where he is in the bigger picture when it comes to the all time greats. But coming up next, I'm actually gonna fight Brendan Tobin. Don't go anywhere. You're gonna love it. You're locked into the Bet QL Network.